0: What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Life Uncaged podcast. I'm your host, Emma Zia, and I'm sitting here with two beautiful powerhouse women today. We have Belinda Agnew, who's a familiar face to the show, and we have Lara Nessisian, if I said that right.
1: You said that perfectly.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the show, ladies.
2: Thank you so so much. much. (laughs) We're excited to be here. This is like the first duo we've done together, Lara and I. So I'm actually excited. (laughs) I'm super excited.
0: Yeah me too and I think what we're going to be diving into today is just such a required conversation and so when we were chatting on Instagram I was like this is just this conversation has so much potential to really open people up to different perspectives. So for those of you listening today's episode is going to be all about the politics of beauty in business. Now there are so many different layers that we could go into around this topic so just a little disclaimer, we're only going to be sharing from our perspective of what we've experienced in business um, because this can go layers deep and there's obviously a lot we could speak into more from a collective perspective, um, but we're just going to be sharing it from what we've experienced, um, how we've navigated Um, you know, this objectification of beauty in business and how it's affected us positively and negatively. Um, And really what we're speaking into today is this intersection of women being the fullest expression and being able to, you know, the feminine energy is beauty incarnate, right? So as women, we do have this desire to present ourselves in a certain way and we want to experience beauty and we we want to create beauty in this world. But sometimes that has, you know, very detrimental effects when it comes to business, not being taken seriously, having unsolicited, unsolicited sorry, uh, sexual attention. And so we're really speaking into that intersection today to bring a little bit of awareness of how women can start showing up in their fullest expression and also not be at the detriment or the subject of that unsolicited sexual attention. So to introduce the women on today's podcast, Lara Uh, Laura is a dedicated highly accomplished group general manager of human resources respected for over 11 years of experience delivering policies procedures and initiatives that drive workplace efficiency for industry leaders, she also has a postgraduate diploma in psychology combined with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, and Lara is really paving the way as a trusted thought leader, empowering individuals to take their businesses and lives to the next level. She is also the host of the Boss in Heels podcast, which was rated as the number one podcast to guide you through the pandemic. (laughs) Some words, we have to be careful what we say, Uh, which was rated by Yahoo Finance and Business Insider. Amazing, amazing. B, so Belinda is trailblazing in the B2B world. Belinda is managing partner at X Enabler. She is highly motivated entrepreneur who has experienced incredible success and is breaking the internet with her followers. She's also made a real mark in the B2B world and is currently an advisor on a few tech startups in fintech and SaaS, providing value around the brand, marketing, and talent. She's also the host of Startups and Unicorns. Oh, okay. Bring a lot of juice to today's episode. I love it. So I want to start off by saying that the inspiration for today's episode and for us all being here in the space was something that Belinda shared um, with me about a group chat that she came across that was basically a group chat of men discussing. This sounds really bright. It actually makes me feel uncomfortable saying it, (laughs) honestly. um but she said that she came across this group chat of three three or four men that were basically discussing about how they were going to be able to sleep with her they were also saying comments along the lines of if it wasn't for her boobs and her ass and the way that she looks that she wouldn't be as far along in in her career as she is so let's start off with that let's go in deep how did that make you feel Belinda?
2: I mean usually I wouldn't care to be fair because i mean there's a lot of conversations out there that are happening that i don't know about um so usually i would be put together and be like oh like it's just another guy you know expressing his opinion about me um but to be fair i really felt like it was like i was really sad because i was like i felt i felt though, although you know, the whole feminist thing, and and I talk about that a lot, I kind of understood why women are the way they are when they are feminist and why they're fighting for women's rights and all these types of things because I went through a stage where I was kind of, and I still am, and, and don't say that I'm a feminist, but I felt really sad because I was like, are we really still there? Like, is this really still happening? Like... You know, and it was—it wasn't. There was a lot more said in that conversation. I don't don't want to get into too much detail, but the the guys that were mentioning this were actually in my space of tech. These guys support all of my content, all of the things that I do. Um, So they're actually in the limelight, uh, which is funny, and all of them are married, (laughs) Um, which is like even funnier. Um, And it was a shock because I would never think that these men in the group would talk like that. I was shook. So it was was really sad. I felt sad. Then I got into a moment where I'm like, fuck them. Like, I'm just going (laughs) to like, it like created this fire in my stomach. I was like, f that like I'm just gonna do more show up more and be better and just shove it back in their faces you know so it was kind of like sad to to hate to love (laughs) Mm. that was like the process Mm. so um yeah it was it was sad that we're still there Mm. to be to be honest
0: And I think that's a really key point you said about still being there, because obviously like the first, you know, feminist movement really broke a lot of the barriers of us being able to vote, us being able to finally have a job, us finally being able to be educated and and people actually listening to our word. Because before that, our word wasn't taken as legitimate. It was always what the man said was what goes. And so... I think we can look at our, you know, where we are, especially being in Australia, that the the breakthroughs have been so amazing that so much opportunity has been opened up to us. But there's still this underlying societal conditioning of objectification, which I don't know if, and I was reflecting on this this morning, I don't know if men will ever fully understand how much it is underlying without it being, you know, openly spoken about like just little comments that men will say or the way that they look at us and it's just so conditioned in them and obviously this is a generalization so i'm not saying this is everyone but this is you know um a generalization of how we feel and for me it's this whole thing of like wanting to be taken seriously in business despite if i meet the cultural standards of you know what it means to be beautiful what it means to be attractive Um, and so I don't know if you felt that when you read that message, but it's kind of like, well, I've worked so fucking hard to get to where I am.
2: Oh, yeah, that totally came out. That, that's where the hate came because I was like, they have no idea how hard I work and they have no idea how long it took me to get to this position. Mm. And it definitely wasn't for my looks. I believe, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of you know, me being a woman, I guess it could create... Um, you know, uh, better opportunities versus being a man, I'll be honest. Um, but I use that to my power, but it definitely doesn't allow me to stay there. Like I I'm, I'm there still because not because of my looks, (laughs) Mm. because of my brain, you know? So I think that's where a lot of men get confused.
0: Mm. I love that. And Laura, have you experienced anything like that where you almost feel like your talent has been dismissed because of the way you look?
1: Yes. Yes, there have been so many instances throughout the course of my career, especially I remember being really young and the first time I ever experienced this was my first job out of university. So it was my first experience working for an organization and trying to be a young girl who had crazy ambition and and work ethic and goals. And I remember being called in to the managing director's office and he asked me what my qualifications were. And I told him that I've done two degrees in psychology and all of the other things that I had done from a work experience perspective to get me into this entry-level role, mind you. And he made a comment to me, something along the lines of, because I look a certain way, when I smile too much, it makes me come across as being ditzy. And he knows that I'm not ditzy because obviously I'm intelligent because of the degrees that I've done and all of these other accomplishments. But I remember being so taken back by that comment, like, wait, that's just my personality. And even to this day, as a 36-year-old woman, I do smile a lot because that's my personality and that's part of my shine. And it really threw me off because I was like, whoa, is this even a thing? Like I thought it was just about the quality of my work, but apparently being pretty and smiling too much makes me come across as ditzy. So I've experienced things like that. I've definitely experienced being now a content creator And someone who builds their brand and business in the online space and receiving so many comments from people, um, either wanting, you know, either from men uh, that sort of violate my, my DMs and I just ignore and block it, to be honest, because I just don't even want to give that any airtime. But it's almost like this because we put ourselves out there in the online space that we are asking for these kinds of comments and we're asking for this kind of behaviour when actually that's not the case at all. I'm here working my little tush off to build something that's really meaningful for myself and to put all of my skills and my talents and my hard work into a brand and into a business but people see that as well she's putting herself out there so therefore I feel like I've got Mm -hmm. the permission to write these kinds of comments and messages Mm -hmm. of this nature so there's definitely a flip side to Mm -hmm. you know having a certain appearance Mm -hmm. and people think that that's amazing and that gets you ahead but there's a very dark side all of that as well which I don't think that people often see
0: absolutely and I think it's it's um it's even like you could compare it to you know people that come from you know people that are born into wealth and then they end up you know being very successful in business and you know creating a lot of wealth through that and people go oh well you were born into money So it's easy for you. And it's like, but let's not dismiss the the work, regardless Mm. of who you are and where you've come from. There's still going to be challenges because there's to the game. There's still going to be the flip side of things that you have to work for. And I think kind of circling back to what you said, Belinda, it's kind of like this energy of, well, we need to prove it. I remember um, a really good friend of mine stayed with me recently and and she's very um, physically attractive and beauty is a really big part of everything that she does. And we were having a conversation about how throughout our lives, we've actually felt because of the way that people approach us unconsciously, that we need to overcompensate with our intellect, Mm. kind of say, no, it, it, there doesn't have to be a separation between a woman has to be, you know, this old concept of a woman has to be either beautiful or she's smart, but she can't be both. And so for women, you know, like us, that kind of meet the cultural standards of beauty, it's like, well, there is this essence that we need to overcompensate through intellect or through something else to actually be able to to blend that gap, um, which can be really difficult. Um, yeah. And to touch on something you said, Lara, about you know putting yourself out there with content, I noticed a really interesting shift. So I've been like a coach and an energy psychologist for the last five years. And I've always had this level of kind of a little bit of a distance in terms of um, my content has never been super personable because I like to work with a coach that there's kind of a little bit of a distance, you know, like I don't want to have like a friendship relationship with my coach because he's working with my trauma. So I kind of have that with my clients as well. But I recently got back into dance last year and the dance classes are heels classes and some of them are wearing lingerie and I started posting the videos of that because I've been working with women specifically helping them step up into their fullest expression and feminine embodiment and liberation and movement is such a big part of that and it was interesting to notice how people suddenly started to communicate very differently to me guys that used to be clients were making very you know sexual comments towards me women were. it was just like this really interesting observation and I had to reflect on it because I know putting that style of content out there is obviously putting it out. there. I obviously get that. I'm probably going to get some of those responses because of the nature of the content, but also my intention behind it predominantly was for feminine expression and, you know, creating a space for women to feel empowered in their body shape, whatever their shape is to get up and to move and to express. And there's a part of me that's like, it's a shame that not everyone can see it from that way. It's a shame that a lot of men go straight to, oh, I'm now seeing Emma as an object that I can now say, oh, you've got a nice ass or you've you know got this or this or this, rather than being like, wow, well done for opening a space for women to feel like they can express. Well done for opening up a space of you know movement can be healing. Um, obviously as well, alongside of that, I can see how there might be a part within me that also enjoys the attention of the objectification because we have to look at all the layers you know i think one question that i want to ask you ladies is obviously being objectified there's a lot of negativity that can come with that but also if you weren't to receive any attention in the field that you're in for how you look Would that also make you think? Oh, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like on some on some level, I think women are programmed to want to aesthetically please the the opposite sex because that's how we're biologically wired, so that we can mate. So, what's your thoughts and perspectives on that? (laughs) I'm looking
1: at you, P. But I'm 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 looking at you. (laughs) I'm happy to jump in. I, I think that you touched on a really important point, which is. I used to think that I had to be one or the other. I used to think that I had to either be pretty or I had to be smart and I couldn't be both. And I had to go through all of those iterations to realize that now I can fully own all parts of me and I can present myself a certain way physically. And beauty is important to me. Style is important to me. I'm not going to try and And sort of undermine that because I think that that's part (laughs) of who I am and I'm really proud to own that part of me but then I equally want to be able to express my mind and my thoughts and my insights and my intellect and it's taken a really long time for me to actually be able to equally own all of the parts of me Mm -hmm. so there's definitely an element of when you put out a photo, of course you want to get likes. Of course you want to get these beautiful comments, because otherwise, why would we be putting something out there for for no one to sort of <laughs> to for, for no one to sort of comment back? I'm sure there would be a little bit of a bruising to the ego around that. So I think that that, mm. that is probably a really um, important point that we can't sort of dismiss the fact that yeah that there is a part of us that probably likes to get that attention. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that it's okay to do do that if it feels authentic to who you actually are. But I think the bigger sort of underlying point of all of this for me is actually just being really comfortable in who I am. And when you develop this unshakability, then you are less likely to act in accordance to other people's expectations or to get responses from other people and you're more just acting from a place of your own personal power (laughs) and so for me i'm now less bothered about what what kinds of comments or likes i get on a post and it's more about me being true to myself and me making the kind of impact that i want to make so i feel like there's been lots of shifts and iterations of this over the years and now this is the place that I've been able to get to.
0: Beautiful. You, you said, sorry, I, didn't, I couldn't even say my word then. <laughs> I meant to say you put that so beautifully. B, Bea, what's your <laughs> perspective on that?
2: Um, with attention. Uh, yeah. I think every woman wants attention. And if they said that they didn't, it's a lie um, because it's our biological makeup. It's, it's, you know, how women are, but um with the point of beauty and brains mine's a little bit different because I feel like I have two personalities very much like you Emma like I'm very masculine and very like alpha female and driven and and very um you know innovative and hustle and get shit done and then I've got another side of me where I'm like sexy be like promiscuous, I can come across quite provocative at points to, to most people, to to women That's and men. Cool, no energy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and then I'm like, um, you know, obviously you guys see my stories and things like that. And I think you both are in my close stories. But it's like really hard. We've spoken about this before, Emma. It's so hard to be both like together. So it's like, which one are you going to choose? But the same time I look at Kim Kardashian and I look at what she's built like she's now opened up a private equity firm I mean that's my end goal that's what I want to do in the end and when I see her journey and how she um, you know became who she is a lot of it was from the attention a lot of it was from what the, the brand the personal brand she created and everything she posts is about her her ass her tits her looks you know her sexiness her beauty and when I look at that I'm like like fuck like that's that's I'm a woman like I need to utilize that you know attention to to a certain degree so to be fair I'm really mixed at the moment I'm going through the motions of where do I sit do I sit in the middle do I do I just be my authentic self and stay sexy and true to who I am or do I go back into to the tech, tech B, you know, tech entrepreneur trying to take on the world. Like, they're both very different. But, um, I, yeah, I'm kind of like, why can't you be both? Question mark, you know? I think that's
1: a really good question. And I think to answer that, there's no reason why you can't be both. And Kim Kardashian is the perfect example of someone who completely owns her femininity and her sexiness. And she completely owns that part of herself. But at the same time, she's starting to become a lawyer. She's fighting for human lives. She's started a private equity firm. She's doing all of these things simultaneously. And I think that that's where the real power lies is when you can actually look at the feminine and masculine parts of yourself and Absolutely. own them equally and be like, there's going to be times in my life that I'm going to lean more into my femininity. And then there's going to be times that I'm going to be more alpha and I'm going to be like the hustler and I'm going to be doing all of the things and I'm going to be grinding. And so I think it's, like this, so true. it's like this beautiful dance between just being, which is the feminine and then doing, which is the masculine and just allowing yourself to express all of those parts of yourself
2: Mm. but then it comes into it comes into people like that's happened to me recently um you know people look at you like objects you know men in particular and women would start to talk oh like she's just like you know flaunting her her body because she wants to get attention or she wants to
0: get into these rooms so it's like but
2: But that that there's a lot of
0: bad to it as well for me that's probably women that can't sit with beauty and not question their own like I feel like women have been programmed to am I lagging again no you're okay okay you're okay (laughs) Um, like I feel like as women we're we're like programmed to compare and compete with our looks because Essentially, like looks have been a way to um, identify status and hierarchy. And so we're still operating in that paradigm. And it's like, I think my perspective with you, B, is like, as soon as you started showing more of the real you, your energy just went like, I remember like messaging you on Instagram and just being like, whatever you're doing, like keep doing it because feeling the energy of that full expression for me made you appear so much more powerful to be honest with Mm -hmm. you. And it was really beautiful because again, it's this permission piece. Like you're literally like a walking permission piece for other women to be able to feel that they can hold both the duality of, you know, the sexiness and the the beautifulness and, and that, and then also, you know, the intellect and the the business mind. And I think the nature of feminine energy, kind of what you were saying, Lara is the flow energy. It's the adventurous energy. It's the exploration energy. And so if we're trying to understand who we are through the lens of the masculine, that's where we box ourselves into either, or that's where we box ourselves into, well, what's right. And what's wrong, what's, what's good and what's bad. And that actually takes us away completely from our natural feminine expression, which is to explore whoever we are in this moment and to just love that part of ourselves and let that be. And I think kind of circling back again to what you said, Lara, it's kind of this, continual doing the self-work of well what fear of judgment do I have and how can I meet that part of myself with loving presence regardless because I'm not going to stop being who I am so how can I create this unshakability like Kim Kardashian like if you look at how much judgment she's had and how much people have you know said she doesn't have any talent and this and that and she's still out there doing it because she knows that that's who she's capable of becoming and so it is really a case of continually looking at the self judgments and meeting those with compassion so that we can build that unwavering energy of like kind of going back to what I said about the dance videos. I remember when I called my mum and I said, Oh, I've got back into dance again. She was like, yeah, I've seen, she was like, it's very prerogative. And she was like, I fear that men are only going to see you as sexual if you continue posting that. And I said, well, if that's the case, then that's absolutely fine because the people that have the ability to see me for all that I am are going to be the people that I connect with. They're going to be the people that I get into rooms with. It's not the people that just see me as a sexual object because I'm allowed to be seen in my allness. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think it comes down to your ability to be able to hold both Because we do not get the light without the darkness. So if we want to be seen in a certain way, if we want to be celebrated for our beauty, there's a downside to all of that as well. If we want to be seen as a powerful woman, as a businesswoman, then there's a downside to all of that as well. And one thing that I've really learned and honed in on, particularly in the last year, I'm going to say, is is being able to hold all of it being able to hold the light and the dark, the good and the bad, the upside and the downside, because no one is able to reach a certain height without facing certain scrutiny or judgment or, you know, people poking holes at them. It's both. So I think it's one thing to want all of these amazing things in our lives and to be able to fully express ourselves But then there is a dark side and a very difficult side of that which is real and that is you are going to be met with a lot of hate, a lot of judgment, people that misunderstand who you are, misunderstand your intention and just kind of accepting that that says more about them than it does about me because they're just failing to own and recognize those parts within themselves that they're judging you for. And the more you're able to sort of disassociate from other people's opinions and just be true to yourself, I think that that's where the real magic starts to happen and that's where people start to feel a shift in your energy. And I know B and I have, and I'm sure you've gone through this as well, Emma, where it's like your energy changes when you start to really own who you fully are mm-hmm. and people notice that and and it's almost like going back to that commission piece by doing that we're allowing other people to fully own and express who they are and all that they are and I think that that's a really beautiful thing mm. Mm.
0: absolutely man mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely and I think you touched on something really interesting there when you said like being misunderstood like that's kind of what this has felt like for me when I was an employee and working in businesses and um you know my talent and my my gifts and my hard work was dismissed because of the way I look and they said oh it's easy for you because of the way you look it's easy for you to get sales it's easy for you to do this because of the way you look I felt so misunderstood and I think if you look at the nature of like the biggest need for a woman is to be understood you know we don't necessarily have to be I don't know like if you look at for it like with the masculine it's like we just want to be seen and heard by the masculine we just want we just want a space to be able to just be understood and, and felt and experienced without necessarily that person needing to reciprocate, but just to be able to listen. And I think that's, I don't know if you ladies would agree, but that's probably the biggest thread underlying this conversation for me when it comes to you know the politics of beauty and business is I just want to be understood and seen for what I really am and not subjected and, and fragmented into these boxes because of the looks. Yeah,
1: yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think. For for me, it's it has been really hard when people have made comments around, oh, you're just lucky. Oh, you only got that because you look a certain way. Oh, you know, you're just, you know, I think people almost like sort of want to justify why you've got into where you've gotten to. And that's been really hard for me, because it's like I know all the work that I've put in internally and externally to be able to get to where I am. And that is really hard when you feel like people are not seeing or appreciating that. And um, you're right, at the end of the day, we all just want to be seen, loved and celebrated for who we really are. And I think it's it can be really difficult when you're putting your whole heart into something and then people are just almost dismissing the work that you've done that can be
2: really really hard yeah there was a podcast that I listened to I can't remember the lady um but she built this like crazy fitness empire in London you probably know her Emma and she said on the podcast I actually posted it a few times I've listened to it so many times because it's, it's just everything she says is so on point she said um she's so sick of trying to prove herself every single time uh, by being a woman why is it that we have to prove ourselves by the way we look because of the way we look and because we're women why is it that men don't need to prove themselves if they're attractive and have money like why is it that they don't have to prove themselves why is Mm -hmm. it that women have to constantly prove ourselves that to, to why we need a why we uh, how to seat at that table why we're associated with these people why we're a CEO of this business like why is it that we have to constantly prove ourselves and men that are attractive and have money don't like why is that you know um and it was so so interesting at the podcast and I think in the end she was just like that shit lights a fire in my stomach and it just makes me want to do more and be bigger and, you know, say fuck you to all those men that said I am here because of my looks, you know, it was so interesting, but it's true. We have to constantly prove ourselves constantly to, to the world, to men, to to people, you know, um, I've had so many conversations with men in particular, especially with VCs um, and people that I get involved in, in business with. And I'll never forget, a man that uh, exited a company of $150 million. I introduced an angel investor into a company that I'm involved in. And he was willing to put, uh, I think it was like $1.8 into a startup. I think I've spoken about this before on a podcast. This is pre-seed. So this is pre-MVP, pre-anything's built, pre-revenue, everything. And it was just myself and a few other guys. And he was like, Belinda, just tell me the truth. Like, what's the relationship with you and this guy? Like, no one puts 1.8 million pre-seed, pre-MVP, pre-revenue. Like, we can talk about it. Like, are you guys together? Like, are you do you have a relationship? Like personal relationship? Like, I, I just would like to know. Like, these are the conversations, right? But if I was a man, like that wouldn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a constant these conversations happen often, especially in my industry. Um, and it's like just the constant having to prove myself uh, to why I have a seat here, you know, <laughs> it's crazy.
0: It really is. And I think like going back to what you said before, it's again, looking at it from like a biological perspective, you know, women make themselves look beautiful so they can appear like a good mate for for the man and and the, the the main thing that women look for in a man is someone that can protect us so it's kind of like the feminine energy is beauty incarnate and the masculine energy is strength incarnate and so men feel like they have to prove themselves financially to be you know accepted by a woman to be seen as um you know of value to a woman and a woman feels like she needs to be physically attractive to be of value to a man so it's kind of just for me it's kind of like a biological thing it's very much still like a primal state of being and I think if you look at everything that's happening in this world like with the tech but also with you know gender fluidity and pan's and all of this thing like we are the to me I feel like we're the generation of transition we're going to see so many paradigms be broken down and I think this is one of them and we're so in the thick of it and we're so in the heat of it that we don't even know how it's going to be shaped and how it's going to look even if we I know we speak about this a lot like the masculine and feminine in relationship and you know being a woman in business and and being on the go and you know being a woman that's generating wealth that questions a man's ability to be the provider and so there's this kind of So I don't think we've really found our footing with it yet. And so I don't know exactly how it looks yet. But I think what we do know and what's really exciting, but also messy to navigate is that we're in the transition of that paradigm regardless. Um, And one thing that I want to ask you about, because I know we've got to close the episode soon is. B you posted something um that Megan Fox there was a video that Megan Fox was speaking about in an interview and i can't remember exactly what she said but she said something about a woman must learn to weaponize her beauty do you Absolutely. remember Absolutely.
2: i don't remember exactly but i have it saved in my favorites um, but basically she said that women should embrace their sexiness and be promiscuous and be allowed to embrace the, by the way like by the way that they look and and i think at the time when she was talking about this she was wearing this like sexy lace lingerie dress thing she looked like amazing and she was like showing her boobs and it was see-through and it was just she just looked incredible and um she was like we're very dangerous and people don't realize that like women that are sexy and beautiful and that are smart is a dangerous combination and that's something that women need to know more of and not feel like we're feeling now like what we're talking about now we're not trying to bash it but we shouldn't be feeling like this we should be like you know and amazing like we're attractive we're smart we're sexy like that is a dangerous combination to do massive damage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so why not use it? Why not use it? You know, I remember when I first met, actually we'll say his name, Nick Bell. He's like the one of the richest men in Australia. And he said to me, when I, I think it was the second time I met him, he was like, B, if I was you, he's like the damage I would do. He's like, why are you not? he's like use it <laughs> like use it <laughs> I'm like, really? i really I agree i <laughs> yeah, think
1: you know, what, like, whatever we've shoot. been given like we should be utilizing it we need to stop suppressing these parts of ourselves Correct. we need to stop downplaying these parts of ourselves if you're beautiful own your beauty if you're smart own your intelligence if you are powerful own your power and that makes you such an unstoppable force and so this like justification and am i being too much am i not being enough it's like i think this conversation needs to you're right we're breaking a paradigm right now and it's really exciting to see that we are part of this new paradigm which is being built which is i can do it all i can be all of me and be completely unapologetic about that and you know what if I'm too much for some people then that's actually not my that's not my issue mm-hmm.
2: that's yeah, not my no,
1: problem 100%. because even 100%. if you try and stay small someone's still going to have a problem with something so you may as well be all that you are
0: and own all of it mm-hmm. and I think that's where the real power lies Absolutely. And it's a question of how can we capitalize on the fact that this paradigm is built this way. And, And I think what you said, like this whole episode, we've been speaking about kind of the oppressive side of it. And now it's like, okay, well, how can we harness that and utilize that for our own growth and evolution? And I don't feel that you need to break down a paradigm in order to build a new one, like we can stand for the new paradigm now and keep putting focus and attention and energy into that, by the way that we show up in the world, by the way that we converse with people, by the way that we present ourselves. And the more we stand for that, we rewrite the prophecies that came before us. We're creating a new paradigm alongside the old one. And naturally that will, that will you know, gain traction. And then women will be at that place where they feel like they can be their fullest expression without being oppressed or, you know, subjected to this, this unwanted sexual attention. Um, So I think what Megan Fox said when she was like, you know, learn to weaponize your beauty, I just thought the way that she said that, even the word weaponize, like, it sounds like, you know what, if it's there, let's fucking harness it, let's utilize it and do it for good. It's not because obviously a lot of women can do it in a manipulative way, you know, the seductress is one of the most manipulative archetypes. But if you're doing it with good intentions, just like anything in this reality, it's the intention it comes from, it's the origin it comes from. And so if you're centered in good intentions and it's coming from that place, I think we can make absolute massive waves through really weaponizing our beauty and our intelligence.
2: Yeah, I agree. And just making it more normal, like we shouldn't have to wear suits to to a meeting, (laughs) like we should be able to wear dresses and and be ourselves you know and and look sexy and if we want to wear something tight that shows our our body figure like who cares you know um and I think that we need to normalize that more for sure
0: absolutely absolutely amazing ladies such a powerful conversation so before we close out today I just want to ask you Is there anything you want to share for women that might be struggling and oscillating between this, you know, trying to hide themselves and and dole down their beauty and also wanting to be seen as serious in their industry? Do you have any advice or insights or any last bit of wisdom that you want to share with the community?
1: I'm happy to jump in. I would say it's okay to not have it fully figured out yet, because like I touched on earlier, for me, it has taken many, many, many iterations for me to actually get to a stage in my career and in my life and in my womanhood where I'm really proud to own all of these parts of myself. And I know I keep coming back to that, but that's really fundamentally what this comes down to for me. And I used to think I had to choose between one or the other. I used to have conversations with people where I used to tell them I would rather be complimented for my intelligence and for my beauty any day. And now it's like, I don't have to choose between them because I'm deciding that I'm going to own all of it. And whether other people respond to that or not, I've realized is not actually my problem. And so I think it's okay to not have it all figured out yet, but just trust that you can start to own all of these parts of yourself. You can be beautiful and intelligent and you don't have to diminish either one of those things in the pursuit of you becoming your whole wholest and highest, truest, most powerful version of yourself. So I just wanna yeah. <laughs> leave people with that, that it's okay to own all of it and not to
2: apologize for it either.
0: Amazing. I love that. And be
2: being- yeah, me too. I think going off of what Lara said, like, uh, even me, I, Lara probably has it more figured out than I do. I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> like, this is still something I'm talking about. I keep changing. I'm like, close stories, sexy be, Public, tech B. And then I go back to mixing it. And then I go back to having it in my close stories. So I'm really still trying to figure out what I want to show and what I don't want to show. Um, I'd love to show both but I also um, need to be very careful with a lot of things that I'm involved in so I I need to be quite uh, particular with what I can show and what I can't Um, so I I still haven't got it figured out I'll be honest I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with that but I will say going back to what Megan Fox said I am all for weaponizing um, you know beauty I think If we are beautiful, sexy and smart, like use that, like babe, you just use that, use all of it, like do what you can and just, you know, use it to your advantage. Like don't um, allow it to suppress you just because you're good looking or people think that you should act a type of way. We're not made to be masculine. We're made to be feminine. Um, and we should be more feminine because being more feminine is actually more powerful than being a man. It's actually hard to be masculine, it's like a chore. So, yeah, focus more on that.
0: Yes, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. Thank you so much, ladies. And before we go, Belinda, how can you online?
2: Um, I, so, I've got like all these fake Instagram accounts apparently at the moment. So, it's just like <laughs> at Belinda, it's at belindaadnew.e not underscore or anything. It's just dot .e or just Belinda Agnew.com.
0: Okay, amazing. And Lara, how can people connect with you? Mine is Lara
1: underscore Nisesian underscore on Instagram. I know that's a bit of a mouthful or <laughs> laranesessian.com.
0: Amazing. And I'll obviously put all the links in the show notes as well so people can connect with you. So those of you listening, if anything that any of us women have said today has really resonated with you and landed with you, please reach out to us. Let us know how it's benefited you. If you want to share the episode because you feel like there's um, some nuggets in there for other people, or you want to help to spread the opening of this conversation, then you can just screenshot and, and tag all of us. And again, all the links are going to be in the show notes. Thank you so much, ladies, for jumping on and sharing this space with me today. And maybe we'll do a part two at some point. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you
2: so thank much, you Emma. So much, I would Emma. love that. Thanks, Emma. <laughs>